The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Wow, my chest is out as well. You listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. You know, I love it being here in the Valley. Uh, you know, it's been here, what, four years now? And, you know, each day goes by. What, what the problem with the Valley is you feel like you're on vacation every day of life because it's just so beautiful out here. And uh, although it's beautiful in the Valley, it's also a dark, gloomy weekend. Uh, props to all those uh, fallen soldiers that ever gave their life for me and everybody that lives here in the United States of America. And uh, it was a great weekend. I enjoyed the weekend with the family and, and some friends. Uh, but let's keep in perspective what Memorial Day weekend uh, is all about and will continue to be about the falling soldiers. But uh, it was kind of gloomy in the valley. Uh, Kobe Bryant did his thing. He closed the door, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit more. But but first, I want to in, invite and welcome and let all you know I got a special guest with me. I got a friend. They all friends. If they come in here, they friends. Uh, former ball player, of course, uh, uh, start his career off early uh, with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, things didn't work that way, so then he decided to take an indoor. You got my ran, my man Randy Gatewood, who's going to tell us all about his career. But first, I want to welcome him to the show. Randy, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Man, it's 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 a pleasure to have you, man. And uh, I couldn't wait to get you to the studio because, see, you used to do some battles uh, with my man, uh, uh, O, O-D-O-D-O, Omar <laughs> Smith. You and Odie used to do some battles, man. So tell us a little about, about your career with the uh, Arizona Wranglers, am I right? Arizona Rattlers. Rattlers, Rattlers. Yeah, yeah tell us a little about that. And then, I, I, Odie, you out there, man, come on. Give me a call, man. Give me a call. True. Very true. Me and uh, me and Omar, we, we had some epic battles. You know, we, uh, of course, he was up in San Jose, and San Jose was one of those teams that it ended up being a big rivalry for us, even – Early on, when I first got to Arizona, I didn't know much about the rivalry, but uh, I listened to the other players, you know, Cedric Bonner and Calvin Shakespeare and Hunky Cooper, and those guys always got up when it was time to play San Jose. So uh, we had some epic battles up there, but uh, I'll tell you, throughout the years, me and Omar, we actually became pretty good friends, and uh, we keep in touch, not as much as we probably should, but we do, uh, of course, respect each other off the field as well. Well, you know, that, that happens, you know, after so many years of competing with one another. It, you know, many times people that are fans of the game that never played a game, they don't realize that, that players don't always know each other. You know, they know each other from on the field, and every now and then we might take our helmets off, but sometimes a player could walk by you, and, and and general public, you might not even know that's who who it is. Absolutely. But but, but on the field, we got the jerseys and shoulder pads and numbers and all that. Of course, we do. But but you talked about respect. 
And I'm glad you said that because, you know, years ago when ball players played ball, I mean, there was a physical battle out there. It was very similar to, well, no, I'm not going to call it war because there's nothing like war. But it was a very competitive game that we played. And, and we really went after each other. And sometimes we really didn't like each other. But those things are changing now. Am I right? Uh, I think it's changing uh, a little bit. I think that's part of the rules, too, that I think all the leagues are trying to do is clean it, clean it up a little bit where you don't have guys in these positions where uh, they're getting hit uh, late. Uh, the game is getting very, very brutal. And I think they've done a good job of taking some of that out of the game. Does it take away from the integrity of the game? A little bit. But it also prevents players from having just a free run at a quarterback or a free run at a wide receiver who's basically defenseless. Now, Randy, I played for a man. I'm going to take you back. I played for a man by the name of Woody Hayes. So, you know, I'm happy to still be alive. Uh, seen about five decades on this earth. But one thing that Woody always told us, he said, if you did it, you're not bragging. So I'm not asking you to brag, but I'm asking you to tell us a little bit about your career. I mean, that's what, that was an illustrious career. You played mm-hmm. many years uh, in the Arena League and was quite successful. Tell us a little bit about that and how you left that game, how you left your mark on that game. I like to think I left my mark on it, but it's like you said. I don't. Um, a lot of people probably in the Valley who's uh, been around arena football or even have any knowledge of it have probably heard of me, but that's not something like you said. I did do it. I did go on and have a a great career. I was truly blessed to play that game for for 12 years. And 12 years. I, that's what I want him to say. 12 years. Not 12 mm-hmm. days, 12 years. Go ahead. Rick. 12 years. You know, I came here in 1996 with uh, a dream of, of course, playing professional football. And uh, when I got cut from the Dolphins in 95, I came here and right away, instantly, I just felt, I felt happy. Um, I felt wanted here. Uh, I didn't know where my arena football, was, I mean, my arena football career was going to take me, but I did have an understanding of the game of football and I knew that I was going to have to play both sides of the ball and I had a little history on both sides of the football so for me to make the transition in the arena football league was basically it was fairly easy for me at first and so um, I was able to latch on real quick uh, come in and play my rookie year Uh, was very successful in the offense that Danny Danny White of course was our head coach for 10 of the years that I played here and just an offensive mastermind when it comes to football and so um, I learned a lot from him, and throughout those 12 years, you know, I went on to, to win a lot of personal awards. Uh, I did win my, my championship, uh, played with a great, great group of guys. So for me, when I walked away from the game, I felt complete. I felt a sense that I had accomplished a lot of things that I wanted to accomplish in that game. Now, you said, you said it was easy to you, Randy. Now, it was easy to you because of your skill set, but certainly when we look at the game, I know some people look at the elite as being the National Football League, but it's not that much of a drop-off in competition. Would you, would you agree or would you disagree? I, w- I would agree. I think that when it comes to the game of football, everybody's talented. When it comes to the game of basketball, everybody's talented. Um, there are different levels of football. There are different levels of basketball, baseball, and all that. But when you talk about just talent, we're all talented. There's no, there was no doubt in my mind that I had and I knew, I believed, that I had the ability to play on Sundays. But for me, it was a little different route for me. You know, um, I can't really say that I uh, missed the NFL career because for me, the NFL didn't really give up on me. I chose a different path. I chose not to to fulfill that dream of playing in the NFL and doing those type of things. Once I was established here in Arizona, uh, family, kids, 
all that becomes more of a priority than that dream of mine, which was to play in the NFL. So there was no doubt I had the ability. But for me, I just decided to take a different route, a different plan throughout the career. And you you pretty much answered the question that, that I was going to ask, and that was, you know, once you had established yourself here and you had a confident level of understanding that I know I can play in the NFL, what was it that prevented you from having your agent reach out to see if anybody was interested? And you said there were things that were more important, and I believe you were already established here in Arizona, and you chose to stay here. Absolutely. That makes all the sense in the world. I guess some people just uh, seem to think that, you know, all we look at is, is, is the money and the glitz and the glory, and uh, we tend we tend to fact sacrifice some things that may be uh, just as important. But uh, I'll tell you what, that's some amazing, uh, that, that is an amazing accomplishment in a career, 12 years, not 12 days, not 12 months, but 12 years of professional football. And with that being said, uh, Randy, that's going to lead me into uh, asking you uh, a couple of questions about some other things that you also accomplished uh, before we get into uh, the meat and bones of today's show. Uh, I think you took the time out to prepare yourself for your transition, too, and you started uh, uh, a few businesses, one in particular that, uh, that I've heard about. So why don't you talk about, I believe it's your uh, clothing store. Clothing store, Moody Blues. Moody um, Blues. <laughs> one in Chandler, one in Scottsdale at the waterfront, Chandler at the Boulevard, Chompson. Um, I was about, I was probably about nine years into my NFL career where um, I started looking at other possibilities and thinking about, you know, life outside of football. And uh, I knew that, you know, from talking to guys and other people in the sports, that football, of course, doesn't last forever. And so uh, I just, I had a vision. You know, I was out of town one year and uh, shopping, looking at certain clothes and looking at certain stores. And I walked into this particular store and it has such an impact on me that I felt like I had to do something about it. And I, I inquired about who owned it. I inquired about uh, how long it had been there. I tried to gather as much information as I could. And this happened within an hour of me being in this store. And so uh, I took that vision and I brought it back uh, to Arizona and at the time. Me and my ex-wife, we talked about it, and that was one of the deals was that we wouldn't start a business unless we agreed upon it. So, of course, originally she was, like, opposed to it. But I think uh, I was able – I was very, very determined to convince her that, hey, this is a very sound investment. It's a good idea, and we both were in the fashion. So uh, within two years, we brought it to light. 2006, March 2006, it opened. Uh, it's it's official. Uh, it's still open today, and it's a high-end designer clothing boutique for men and women y'all heard that right high end high end real high end (laughs) (laughs) no it 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 always uh pays to have a couple nice high-end things in your closet absolutely you know because it kind of balances things out everything can't be well i don't know some ballers balling today everything can be high end but for us folks who can't afford high high end all the time we just go halfway you know so stop by and make sure Again, want to give the address again? We're going to give it at the end of the show, but let's give it again. Address Chandler, 3355 West Chandler Boulevard, uh, located in the Boulevard shops, just right off the 101 and Chandler Boulevard. Same center as P.F. Chang's and Dolce. Uh, you can't miss it right in the center. And then the second location is at Scottsdale at the waterfront, just a few doors down from Olive and Ivy. Uh, and on the other end is Sauce. So right across from the Nordstrom parking garage. So go All check right. it out. 
across from Norton. Okay, I'll tell you what, we got a lot of things we're going to talk about on this show because a lot of things are happening. Um, first of all, I want to shout out to my man, Lionel Dog, great show, uh, and Anthony Pryor, who was on the show with him. Uh, I wish you well in your endeavors, Anthony. Appreciate what you're trying to do. Stay strong, brother. I uh, appreciate you letting me come on that show there, Lionel, your show, and, uh, and have a conversation uh, with you and Anthony. Uh, I personally believe that there is a place for religion and sports. Uh, it's, it's dangerous. And if, uh, if you're a, a, a believer, yeah, you believe at all times that uh, you need to be under the watchful eye and care and the umbrella of, of, of your Savior and my Savior. And so... Thank you, Jesus. That's where I go. That's where I pray all the time. That's where my prayers go to. But I got about ah, five seconds. I guess I got to close this thing out because we're going to a commercial break. We're going to come back. Randy Gatewood, my guest, my friend in studio with me. Uh, we got to take a break. I'm going to do that and come back and listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, so living like it matters, and we'll be right back. Comprehend the guidelines. My chest out, chinchilla, all relaxed on the sidelines. I'm so famous. Understand, New York City. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you. Every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. 
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. But you know what they say, Kanye. Slow motion better than no motion. I walked in the crib, got two kids and my baby mama lady. All right, slow motion is better than no motion. I agree with that. I'm listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Randy Gatewood is in the studio with me, a former wide receiver, 12 years in the Arena League. Start off his career with the Miami Dolphins. It was cut short, but he extended it. Uh, what I'm going to extend is the opportunity for me and Randy to have some more conversation. We talked a little bit, introduced him to you and to the world, all of our listeners here at Voice America Sports. And now we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, what's happening. And, and one thing that's happened, like I said, it was a sad weekend for, uh, of course, the Phoenix Suns. And that is my man, Kobe Bryant. I mean, if nothing else, I mean, he put the exclamation mark on it when he patted the coach, die and said it's over. The door is it's done. Mm-hmm. What LeBron can't do, I'm showing you why I'm the best basketball player in the world. See you later. Kobe Bryant, the greatest closer right now playing basketball, is, is Kobe. He the money man. Is that right? Would you agree? I would agree 100%. Um, you know, in, in sports, when it comes to the playoffs and, you know, the championships and stuff like that, you have to develop that that killer mentality, you know, and – whether people believe it or not, Kobe Bryant is a stone-cold killer on the basketball court. And he's confident, you know. And I think a lot of people mistake that for arrogance. And, you know, in, in defense of him, he is. He does what he does, and he does it better than anyone else. And people try and compare, you know, LeBron and, and all these other guys to him. But right now, he is the guy, the one guy who's confident enough to take that shot, who's confident enough to step out on that field and know that I'm in control of this. And that's what separates him from. Now, LeBron does, you know, Kobe does have a few years on him. So at one point, I'm sure LeBron will probably have that mentality too. But I'm just not sure right now if LeBron has that killer, killer mentality and that I, Kobe I, has. And I'm going to agree with you too because I, I will say this, Randy. I think it was a little premature. I think that... The media has has tried to take the throne away from Kobe and, and tried to hand it to LeBron already. And LeBron is showing that he's not ready for yeah, it. Yeah, he's not. He's not ready. And, you know, there's a difference. Right now, during the regular season, they were really, really close. And people were saying that, you know, LeBron is the best and LeBron is this. But the determining factors is when the playoffs start – it's a whole new season. It's a whole new ball game, okay? And if you haven't put yourself in position and you can develop that confidence, just that quiet, quiet confidence of knowing that the game is in your hand, like Michael used to do, like Magic used to do, like Larry used to do. That's right. Okay? Those guys understood the playoffs. They but understood Randy, it was their time. But you say that, and, and, and you are a, a professional athlete. Can you try to find your words to try to explain it to people? Because there's no difference. It's the, it's either played on your court or your opponent's court. The same amount of time. You've got the same amount of fouls. You know, what is it that when we, we always say, do you always hear people say that, you know, playoffs are different? What is it? Can you put into words what's different about the playoffs? The, the playoffs, I, I say it's different because – for me, I always looked at the playoffs as a completely new season. Now it's time to really have some fun. Um, 
The regular season is is everything you do during the regular season puts you in the position for the playoffs. And for me, I always looked at the playoffs as, hey, now it's time to really go out and have some fun. Now it's time to really elevate your game to a totally different level that you haven't seen or you haven't played during the regular season. It was an opportunity for you to really showcase now because a lot of guys, 80%, probably even more of the game is mental. Okay, And if you can take that mental aspect of it into the playoffs and use everything that happened in the regular season to understand that, hey, I'm really prepared now. All those are, those those 16 regular season games for me, those were just, those were chances and opportunities for me to hone my skills for the playoffs because I knew when the playoffs came around, if I did everything that I was supposed to do for those 16 weeks, that when the playoffs came around, I was going to be more prepared than anybody I faced. And I, I agree with you too, Randy. And, and one thing else, I, and I think the NBA has done a fantastic job at this. You know, they used to say the NBA is fantastic. They came up with that slogan, win or go home. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that kind of sums it up when it comes to the at least the difference in the playoffs and the other games. And that is during the regular season, coach always come in afterwards, you know, win or lose, it's like, okay, man, great game, blah, 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 blah. Okay, uh, we got next week. You know, this is over with. Enjoy mm-hmm. it or, or look at film. We're going to correct some mistakes or whatever, and we got next week. At least in football, in the playoffs, there is no next week. Mm-hmm. You, you either win or you go home. At least the NBA, it is a series of games. So you have to win those series, but it is truly, and I think that's where the intensity level comes up because everybody, it's not that you're on the, on an edge, but you understand the importance of the minimum amount of mistakes. You talk about it, mm-hmm. a, a mental game. Mm-hmm. You have to minimize the amount of mistakes that we make, and, and it is a big deal. What do you mean you were holding? You can't hold. Mm-hmm. You can't, one mm-hmm. play will make... I don't. Ha- I have that wedding band. That's all I can mm-hmm. See, I don't have those championship rings mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that you have, mm-hmm. and that the other players that come into these studios, you know, having those Super Bowl championship rings. I don't have that. So, all I can, you know, reach back in my memories of, you know, the next best thing to playing the game and winning is playing the game and losing. Because some people never get to play the. G- That's all I have. But I, I agree with you, man. It's, it's a mental thing. And the closest thing I would say that I've seen to Kobe Bryant's assassination uh, personality when it comes to clutch shots in today's game, he does he can't get his shot the way Kobe gets his shot. But that jump shot assassin is Ray Allen. Mm-hmm. I think Ray does an outstanding job when it comes time for him to – Take that jump shot. He he's not gonna take you to the hole all the time. Mm-hmm. Kobe, you don't know. That's the thing about mm-hmm. Kobe. He's got so many weapons. You don't know mm-hmm. what he's gonna do. But I think Ray Allen has an assassin mentality too with his jump shot. So, but but playoffs, man, there's nothing like it, you know. And let me ask you something. Um, you got a chance to play in the playoffs. You got a chance to win a championship. Do you think that that's something that every player that ever plays professional sports should at least, even if they don't get to the Super Bowls and to the you know arena championship games and NBA championship games, do you think they truly are missing something that they never got a chance to play in the playoffs? Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, for 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 those guys who didn't have the opportunity to make it to the playoffs throughout their career, they, they totally totally have missed out on something. And I think the ultimate goal. When you when you get involved in sports and stuff like this, is to win championships. And 
when you don't have those opportunities and you're not fortunate enough to play in those games, it is. You are missing something. But it doesn't take anything away from, from who you are and who you were as an athlete. But I do feel like if you don't have those opportunities and you don't get to experience those and that challenge of, of, of really you know, elevating your game to a higher than you ever have before. And, yeah, if you miss out on those opportunities, I think, I think it is. It yeah, is. and I think the, one other thing about the playoffs is what happens is that becomes a time that, regardless of who you are, is that if your team isn't in the playoffs, then, then you've got to become a fan of another team. Oh, absolutely. I mean, because you all fans, you know, it's a football game on. Mm-hmm. You watch it. Or it's a basketball game. You're on. You know, somebody's got to pick somebody. And so it's the one time where you become a fan of another team. And so I, I never wanted that to happen. And so uh, to all those guys out there who still playing, Man, I'm going to tell you, that's one thing you'll feel bad about if you don't make the playoffs, so you better go ahead and do everything you can to get into the playoffs. I'll tell you something that somebody is feeling bad about, and that's Pete Carroll. Now, I, I got to say that because I know Lindell White has got to be feeling awful bad that he was traded to what he thought was going to be the perfect situation. He probably thought he was going to go in there and he was going to be the running back for the Seattle Seahawks, and they let him go. I mean, I, listen, premature in anything, most things is not good. But I've got to think again, just like they prematurely, LeBron James, King James, take the throne from Kobe Bryant. Come on, Pete. you got to give this man a chance. I, I think this man's been a professional football player and has done well. And, I mean, not exceptionally well, but you know the talent that he has. Why would you think they would give up on him so early, even before they got it? They had one mini camp, I think it was, off-season training. And um, and they let him go. Something something definitely is probably not being told as far as the media or something like that. Because like you said, for him to go into Seattle and to reunite with his college coach, a guy who he had a very, very good relationship with, and then all of a sudden uh, it's been cut off, there's probably something you know happening inside or maybe something happened that we're not even aware of, we're not even privy to that information. But, um, you know, for Pete – you know, maybe it was it was maybe it wasn't Pete's decision. You know, uh, Pete is the head coach, but ultimately there are people above him who who make decisions as well. So uh, it's an unfortunate situation for him because they traded for him. You know, gave up some picks, uh, gave up some other people for him. So you thought it you thought it would be a win win situation, but uh, obviously something else has changed. Yeah, and just a couple uh, you know quotes that Lindell has uh, made himself. He said. Uh, I was a lot younger in my mind. He said, uh, um, you know, he put himself in a lot of, I I guess he said a lot of bad situations. Um, He says he thinks that in the last six months that he's grown up a lot. You know, he missed one day of organized team activities. um, And that was uh, a family-related matter of some things he had to take care of. But uh, this obviously is a young man who right now just doesn't understand um, you know, where he is now, and uh, he's got to try to rectify things. But I would not think that uh, Pete Carroll, after spending, I think, I know they won two national championships together, uh, but at least spending three years with the young man. I don't think, he, did he come out early? Uh, I think he came out one year early. Okay, so he spent three years with mm-hmm. him. And, I mean, they were three very, very good years. I mean, after all, uh, you know, the only other back that was comparable to him at that time was Reggie Bush. Mm-hmm. I mean, they share time together in mm-hmm. the backfield. Mm-hmm. You know, and so this is a man that, you know, wow. I, I got to agree with you. There's something that's that's missing. I don't know what it is, 
but I think it's something that eventually will come out. Uh, but this is this has got to hurt. But I can think of a couple teams out there that could certainly use him. I, I mean, uh, if Lindell White were to come here to Arizona Cardinals, I wouldn't say that they would you know throw him to the wolves. I think they can find a way to play him. You know, he's a big, strong back. Mm-hmm. You know, Beanie Wells, don't get him beat up. You can't get running backs beat up like you mm-hmm. used to anymore. So I think he's uh, – I think somebody will pick him up unless there's something that's real bad and, uh, you know, some drug situation, and I hope it's not that. But mm-hmm. whatever it is, I, I hope it happens because, again, there's, there's another um, – Another guy coming out of USC, and, of course, that was Taylor Mays, and, and Taylor thought Pete kind of did him wrong. Yeah. That happens. It's business. It's business. Sports is business. Don't forget that, young man. When you're trying to get your money, get all you can get, because when they're done with you, they're done with you. <laughs> Listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. That time went by fast. we got a couple more segments coming up. Got my man Randy Gatewood in the studio with me. Come back. He's going to be back, and I'll be back right after this message. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we... We cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference Most Valuable Player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers 
leaders together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back. This is Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. I got my man in the studio with me, and we're having a great day. I'm looking over here, and uh, Randy, we got to talk a little bit about this man, Big Ben. Uh, <clears throat> of course, my, my man is Randy Gatewood with me, and, and Randy, now, you know, as a player, we always want to feel. We understand the fact that there is, you know, in the minds of the fans, there may be somebody who is a superstar. But we all feel as if Pro Bowl, whatever bowl, whatever you got, you know, there's a sense of we're all in the same boat and we should all be treated the same way. Now, I'm not feeling this thing here about Big Ben. I'm not feeling the fact that, okay, the suspension was four to six weeks. Okay. But now you're saying that he's going to be allowed to stay with the team throughout these off-season trainings, OTAs, mini camps, whatever you want to call them, go into training camp, then he's going to be suspended once the season starts. I, I just don't agree with that. I agree that if he's going to be suspended, he should be suspended now, and that should be a part of the deal, that he should not be able to go back, you know, with the team. But uh, there's supposed to be some consistency there may some be some stuff out there to say there's some consistency. There may be some stuff out there that says, oh, hold on now. The black players are being treated different than the white players. You know, the superstars are being treated than the special teams players. You know, what's your take on this thing? Should he, if, he's, if he's suspended, is it like get away from the team till after those four seasons of the first game, first games of the, four, of the upcoming season is over with, then you come back? Or does he stay with the team and stay in place and then – once the season starts, now he's suspended. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think, you know, for for every action, there's always consequences. But I think, you know, if he's going to be suspended four games, I think he should be allowed to practice. He should be able to oh, to man. go to workouts. He should be able to do, <laughs> you know, those things to prepare himself because ultimately he is still a part of the team. We're not kicking him off the team. Uh, they haven't uh, – you know, completely said, no, you can't do this, you can't do that. I think there's always consequences for every action. Okay, but, but wait a second. You said that, but here's what they're going to do. Once he is suspended, once the season starts, he can't come in, he can't step foot on the facility. So if that's going to happen then, why shouldn't that be the case now? Because are we now going to say that the off season is separate than the regular season when it comes to punishments. And so your punishment, because, the, see, the way Rogers making his thing sound like, oh, okay, well, the offseason really doesn't have any, you know, real meaning to the regular season because that's what, that's what the consequence is. It's supposed to affect and, and see what you did to your team, how it affected your team because you can't participate with them. But if he's saying the offseason really doesn't factor into that, that's not true because it's all the work you put in in the offseason – but that I helps you become better in the regular season. I don't think he's saying, though, that the offseason doesn't pertain to that. I think the consequences of his actions is taking regular season games away from him. 
Therefore, regular season games equals no pay. Uh, regular season games equals you, uh, your your team being in a position where their star player is not there. They could lose know, all some, those games. Some guys get paid for being there in the off season. Yeah, but off off season is a different type of pay from him getting his regular normal check that he would get each week during those four games. So that's the consequences are a lot more detrimental to the team if he's missing those four regular season games. Him being away from off-season workouts, but then still being allowed to come back and play those four four games, because I don't think you can take them both. I think there's a fine line you draw here, and you say, you know what, I'm not, I can't suspend you for all of the off-season and take away four games from you as well. But you got to okay. think about what, think about the circumstances for which this is related to. I mean, this was a man that was found himself in a position of compromise with a young lady. And so what does it say about the league in terms of, you know, what do they see when they're looking at, okay, the punishment fits the crime? This is not a dog, you know. This is not, you know, a car accident, you know. This is a human being. And this is a human being of which you allegedly compromised her. And, and you tarnished our shield, and, and you compromised the integrity of the Rooney family and the brand that they built. That doesn't carry a little bit more weight? To, I think it, it, all, it all carries weight. But I'm sure that, you know, when Roger, uh, Roger Goodell went in and said, hey, you know, he's sitting amongst his guys and trying to make a decision on what exactly he's going to do with Ben, he's taking it into consideration, yeah, this wasn't his first time. But – when he weighs oh, all that's key. That, that as, wasn't his first time. Key. It wasn't his first time. So um, there are consequences, like I said earlier. However, I think there's, you know, he has a lot on his plate when he's trying to make those decisions. He's not, he's not doing it for the sole interest or the sole purpose of Ben Roethlisberger. He's looking at the NFL. He's looking at, uh, you know, um, how is this team going to probably function? He's looking at it as what are other players going to think? And he's probably reviewing you know, what type of punishment he's dealt to other previous, you know, guys who have gotten in trouble over again. So Yeah, and that's the part that concerns some people because they felt as if um, for crimes, if you will, that were perhaps maybe a, a lot less significant uh, in terms of the degree of can you believe he did that uh, public opinion, Ben's crime was much worse because everybody could put this up in a position of, if that was my daughter or my sister or my mother, mm, it, so it was kind of that thing. But you said something that was key. Roger Goodell took all the things in consideration of which he is the shepherd of, if you will, and that is this NFL brand and, 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 and what Ben Roethlisberger means to this brand. And so that, that in that particular case, that's not justice because justice is supposed to be blind and shouldn't take all those things into consideration. So Roger's just a man who's got a lot of power. He's got a lot of power, but, you know, we we as the society, the outsiders, also, I mean, who are we, though, to determine what justice is as well? You know, we could say, yeah, he should be suspended six games. Yeah, they should suspend him for the whole season. Everybody has their own view of what justice is, you know, but it's up to him who, like you said, who has the power, who has the decisions, uh, the decision-making power to make that decision and understand that, hey, there's going to be some 
I'm going to have some problems. Okay, I'm going to have some people criticizing me. I'm going to have some people thanking me. I'm going to have all these different opinions coming in at me, but I have to make an educated decision on what I think is best for the NFL and what I think is best for the Pittsburgh Steelers. On top of that, I've got to punish Ben Roethlisberger. Okay, so, Big Ben, Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant a couple years ago found himself in a position, some similar, not the same, but some similar. Big Ben finds himself in a position, not the same, but some similar. Yep. Were they equally punished? Was the wrath of the of the of the public opinion as harsh on Ben as it was on Kobe? Oh no. 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 At least in my opinion, no. You know, but um I think we're talking about two different scenarios as well also because we're talking about two different actions that each player took. Was it similar because there was a woman involved? Exactly. Yes. But I think once all the facts and everything was stated in Kobe's case and in Ben's case, we're talking about something totally different. So uh, he's got his hands full, you know what I mean? And I, I think he's he's been pretty fair as far as what he's done and as, as far as uh, fines and punishing guys and everything like that. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see if it's going to be four. It could be six games. You know? Yeah, it could be as many as six. It yeah. could be as, as little as four. But it, it certainly is is something of which uh, I, I hope that this is something that that gets the attention of of Ben, and that is um, you know Ben, this has happened a couple times. It's not just once; it's happened mm-hmm. a couple times. And the first time, everybody's like, "Oh no," you know. Everybody knows, "Oh, well, he makes a lot of money." You know, maybe somebody's out after his money, and so we gave him the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. But there's no doubt in most minds that this the next time this came up, he was guilty. Yeah, and he still is guilty. And, and forever will be guilty. And so now it's just a matter of, okay, again, did the punishment fit the crime? And is, is Roger Goodell handling this thing in the right way? Because this is a situation where it's, you know, perhaps maybe in the court of law of which I think there was initially, uh, you know, the, the pursuit of, of prosecution of Ben because yeah. of what was you know, alleged, yep. allegedly happened. Uh, but then I think the girl has backed off of some things, so I think they're going to take care of things in some civil court. Yep. I'm sure she's going to get paid some money. We probably will never hear about that. But, again, th- these are just examples. You know, and, again, I'm, I'm going to touch on the show we were talking about earlier. You know, I think people who are spiritually connected, sometimes what will happen is you'll just try. You know, you got that little extra internal uh, that uh, Holy Spirit in you that may be working on you and saying, hey, man, don't do that, you mm-hmm. know. And so mm-hmm. I think Ben needs to perhaps maybe – you know, find some different friends, maybe go visit some different places. But also just think about it, Ben, you got a mother, you know, if somebody walked in, you know, just think about it like that. But I I always say I I try to take my perspective as a former player, and I always want to give the players the benefit of the doubt, and I want to help them. I don't want to hurt them. So even with my words, it's not to lash out at Ben, but it's to make him look at it maybe the way somebody else might be looking mm-hmm. at it, and hopefully next time he'll handle it a little bit differently. Absolutely. He's got to. He's got to do it that way. Well, I'll tell you what. we got to take this break. I'm enjoying myself here. Of course, got my friend Randy Gatewood in here, former 12-year veteran with the Arena League, started his career out with the Miami Dolphins. I'm your host, Ray Ellis. This is Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. I ain't got no money. I ain't got no car to take you on a date. I can't even buy you flowers, flowers, flowers. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on and get 
just I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Joe Cribs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference Most Valuable Player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. to the pros we, we cover, everything. cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports uh-huh uh-huh yeah. rihanna uh-huh, uh-huh. good girl going bad uh-huh, uh-huh. take three uh-huh. action uh-huh, uh-huh. no clouds in my stones let it rain i hide your plane in the bank coming down like a Dow jones when the clouds come we go we Rockefeller, we fly higher than weather, and she flies are better. You know me, in anticipation for... All righty, we're back, and this is Railroad Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. My special guest and friend today with me in the studios, Randy Gatewood, 12-year wide receiver in the Arena League, and start his career off with the Miami Dolphins. And, and uh, I just wanted to touch bases on something here. You know, I saw where there was a, a good D by wide receiver... Uh, for the Miami Dolphins' best, I think he was. Uh, I'd heard this too. He was doing an interview, and uh, doing an interview, I think something happened. And somebody was in need, a, a truck or something like that. And he cut the interview off and uh, went out and did a good deed. So uh, there's so many times, man, that players do so many great things and outside of football that people uh, never get a chance to to hear about or talk about. Randy, I know you do some things in the community, too, as well, man. What's, what are some of the charities or some of the people that you've worked here in this Phoenix area over your 12 years that has been uh, really touched your heart and been near and dear to you? You know, we was able to work with, um, I have a couple of friends who, uh, not my own personal charities, but people 
uh, who's came to me and said, you know, uh, would you sponsor uh, a golf event and come out and talk and come out and play in the charity event and stuff like that. And uh, I vividly remember playing in two uh, tournaments and hanging out with uh, a lot of the people who were at the Sisters Fibrosis um, family charity event that Jermaine Dye uh, pretty much does every year. So I've had an opportunity to spend some time with him, spend some time with, you know, his foundation and kind of go through, you know, some of the things that they talk about and some of the things they do. And then, of course, at Moody, uh, we get people from time to time who come in and who we're able to work with and, and sponsor certain events and stuff like that. So there's been numerous, numerous ones. I've even you know, had this vision of starting my own foundation one day. So um, I'm looking to do that hopefully here in the next year or two as well. So, Well, let me know if there's anything I can do to help you with that. Of course, uh, as I mentioned to them earlier on the show, uh, when I was a guest on Lionel Dalton's show, uh, there was um, some reference to the first uh, expression of faith on the football field, and that was by uh, the Reverend Dr. Herbert H. Luss, Herb Luss, a running back, former running back for the Philadelphia Eagles, and uh, his foundation, of which I was the director of operations, uh, People for People, does tremendous work, not only just in Philadelphia, but um, throughout the, the world. You know, mm-hmm. does a lot of work uh, in Africa, uh, does a lot of stuff there in the city of Philadelphia for kids. Uh, they have a, uh, we have a charter school, community development credit union, we have after school programs. Uh, that charter school grows, goes to grades K through 8, early childhood education, just all type of stuff. So, so athletes are always doing things, you know, off the field. And it's good to have a team in your town because when you have a team, you have access to, to people who perhaps maybe for one reason or another, they are looked up to. And many guys want to do the right things, and they certainly try to do the right things on the football field, but then many of them try to do the things off the football field, the right things off the football field. And, and one of those cities that has a team may be in jeopardy of losing a team. Uh, now, where did you grow up at, Randy? I grew up in Texas, a little now, town, Wichita Falls, Texas. Okay, so how far were you from the Cowboys or the, or the Oilers at that two time? Two hours from the Cowboys. Okay, you were two, so there was a chance that you possibly could meet a, a pro football player or, mm-hmm. or you could go to a game. or As a matter of fact, did you ever have an experience when you were a kid of meeting a pro player? We had an experience of meeting a, a couple of the Cowboys one time through the boys' club. Mm-hmm. But uh, at that time, at an early young age, I never went to any professional games or anything like that. And I'm just, I, I say that just to open this up, that the Minnesota Vikings for years have been trying to get a new stadium. And uh, I was happy. I, I, I remember when they played outdoors. I played outdoors. And there's some people out there that, that, that disagree with me. Shout out to Chuck Foreman. <laughs> about, I think if they're going to get a new stadium, they still need an indoor stadium. Now, there's some people, of course, those guys who played for the Vikings for all those years, understand that the elements can also be an adva- a home field advantage. Mm-hmm. And and you can believe anybody who ever pay, came from the West Coast or Texas mm-hmm. and had to go into Minnesota, you know, to play a game or to Cleveland and play a game, they were always concerned about what the weather was going to be like. Oh, for sure. And for sure. so uh, these guys want a, a new stadium. And, and I'd just like to have your opinion. If a team and its ownership, it's a business deal, and they're looking for a new stadium and they have been looking for a new stadium for a long time and they don't get it, is it okay for that team to move? I think and now, in, in, in today's wow. society, yes. Wow. You know, I think, uh, you know, they just got a new owner, too, uh, a few years back who's very, very powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, 
I think if they don't get this Can you stadium, see Minnesota without football? I mean, since, certainly since me and you've been around, there's mm-hmm. always been the Minnesota Vikings. They've always been there. But, wow. I mean, it, it nowadays you just never know, you know, because like I said, when you when you get an owner, you know, someone like that who has the power, who has the authority, and think of all the other cities out there that will be willing to give this team a stadium, you know, or to help fund it or whatever they have to do to, to, to get this stadium done. And, you know, you mentioned how even the outdoors – you know, and the elements being a factor. I think even if Minnesota does get a new stadium, it does. It, it has to be indoors. You look at nowadays, stadiums are built, they're being built for so many other things outside Multi-purpose, of Multi-purpose, that's absolutely, right. Absolutely, multi-purpose. So, you know, you know, if, you, if you're going to do a new stadium in Minnesota, it's got to be indoors because then you'd have a chance of getting a Super Bowl within the next, you know, four to five years now, I'm as well. glad you mentioned that because if you say that, okay, they got a chance to get a Super Bowl, but for me... Even if it's an indoor stadium, I, I personally, I don't like Super Bowls in cold cities. I, I think it's a, actually a reward for the fans to have a Super Bowl in a warm place because it's like it's a vacation for them. I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. But New York but is going to have a Super Bowl, and it's going to be cold. Absolutely. I don't know if I want I can feel the cold because <laughs> I used to live there all them years, man, on the East Coast. I, that's just too cold for me for a Super Bowl. I mean, part of it is also enjoying the game. And, you know, I don't – maybe you do. You put a little – whatever you put in your body to make it warmer, you know, some liquids to make you warmer. But I think you enjoy a football game when it's in Arizona or in Florida or California or even Texas. You know, Dallas has got an indoor stadium. Mm-hmm. Come on. They got an indoor stadium. They're going to have a Super Bowl next year, you know. So New York – New York, though, I think you're talking – you know, you, it's a different ball game up there, though, because I mean, you got what nineteen million people. Yeah, you, you know, got, up yeah, there. Yeah, you got so a third, of, a third of the country. I think absolutely. is up there in that in that northeast quarter. You know, yeah. so I mean, for them, for them to have a Super Bowl, the weather, the elements, nothing like that is going to affect that. You know, I think it'll be still a great, great opportunity for that city to have a Super Bowl. But when you talk about, you know, like places like Minnesota, um, Dallas which is another great place. Not as, as busy and hectic, of course, as the East Coast, but it's one of those cities where I, I honestly think the Super Bowl would be great. Oh, I think I think Jerry Jones, and there's no doubt about it, Jerry Jones is going to throw the greatest Super Bowl party in, in the history of the Super Bowl. I, and, and the party is the entire, what is it, two-week event nowadays, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so he, he's looking forward to it. There's no doubt those people who go to that Super Bowl will leave there thinking, Wow, that was the best Super Bowl. And I, and I hope the game lives up to the hype because it's going to be all kind of hype all year long. I mean, Jerry's just that kind of guy. Yeah, they, they've already started, uh, you know, festivities have already started in terms of just preparation leading up. I think they're on the countdown already, man. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, – and you're going to have to be there because, you know, we're going to broadcast live. Absolutely. And when I said you're going to have to be there, of course, that means that Randy Gatewood will be joining us here on the Voice America Network, on Voice America Sports. Randy will soon have his own show. It's going to launch, I think it's July 22nd. One of those days, we'll be sure to let you know before time. Thank you, Randy, for joining me, man. It was great. Again, Moody Blues. Moody Blues. Got to make sure you make it there. Hey, we've been having a great time. It's been a great show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. But together we can be the perfect soulmate. Talk to me, girl.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.